This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Finding Your Bliss with host Judy Liebrach, heard every Saturday at 1 p.m. on Zoomer Radio. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Finding Your Bliss, the show that helps you find and follow your bliss. I'm Judy Liebrach, and today I'm joined by the exceptional Ellen Schwartz, who is back on Finding Your Bliss. And this time she's here with her daughter, Bevy Schwartz, to talk about their new children's book, The Puddle Jumper. And I have it right here. Wow, it looks so good and it smells so good. Hot off the press, literally. First of all, congratulations to both of you on this book. It's gorgeous and it fully made me cry my eyes out and it's going to help a lot of people. But before we meet my illustrious guests, I want to tell you some of the other things we have coming up in this hour. We have Dr. Jay Batcher, founder of the Grief Center, who helped the Schwartz family when Jakey passed away. He will be coming up later on in the show to talk about some comforting and nurturing things that you can say to people who are grieving and a lot more. Also, later on in the show, we have some of Jakey's friends singing to us on this program, which we felt was very befitting since Jakey loved music. And those people are friends like Hallie Burnett and Lily Liebrach and others. And of course, singing us out of the show will be Ellen and Bevy themselves singing their single, Your Voice. But first, before we meet them, let me just tell you a little bit more about Ellen and Bevy Schwartz. Ellen Schwartz is an elementary teacher, community leader, author, three-time author now, public speaker and advocate for research awareness and screening for neurodegenerative diseases. As founder of the incredible project, Give Back, look that up on YouTube and Facebook. She links her decades of teaching together with her personal passion for charitable causes. She also co-founded Jacob's Ladder, the Canadian Foundation for the Control of Neurodegenerative Diseases. Jacob's Ladder has raised over $3 million for research, education, and awareness of neurodegenerative illnesses. Ellen has also inspired audiences with her steadfast commitment to education and research into neurodegenerative diseases and her heartfelt desire to help others cope with life's toughest challenges. Through her philanthropic work, Ellen was honored as a woman of action by the Israeli Cancer Research Fund, as well as honored by the Hafta and Ish Toronto. She was awarded the Queen's Jubilee Medal as well as the Meritorious Service Decoration by the Governor General of Canada and a Canada 150 Exemplary Canadian Award. Ellen was also named as the Philanthropist of the Year by Brilliant Minded Women. Ellen has written two previous books before this one, The Puddle Jumper, And they are Lessons from Jacob, A Disabled Son Teaches His Mother About Courage, Hope, and Joy of Living Life to the Fullest. And Without One Word Spoken, which was One Word Spoken, was even rated a national bestseller by the Globe and Mail. Beverly Schwartz, Ellen's daughter, so great to have you here as well, recently received her BSc Honours in Kinesiology at Dalhousie University and is now an MSc Kinesiology candidate at Dalhousie. She works as a personal trainer and has run several marathons. And now Beverly and Ellen have written a children's book together called The Puddle Jumper, a story all about coping with grief. Ellen and Bevy Schwartz, welcome to Finding Your Bliss. So great to see you. Congrats to both of you on your awesome new children's book. And if people are just tuning in now, The Puddle Jumper, here it is. Wow. Pretty incredible stuff. Welcome. Thank you for having us. Very happy to be here. Ellen, you've been on the show twice before, and when you were here, you talked about your other two books, which were really written for adults about your beloved son, Jacob Schwartz, or Jakey, as we all know him, who loved music and was the personification of all that is good in this world. And now you and your daughter, Bevy, are on together, which is so great. And you've written this children's book, which is glorious, by the way, The Puddle Jumper. Can you tell us about the book and what the inspiration was behind creating a children's book this time on coping with grief? Well, thank I'll start and then maybe Bevy will, will pipe in. But when Jacob passed, we just felt like, you know, you can prepare and prepare and pre- prepare and you're never prepared. And we were not prepared for his passing. And I don't 
think most people are. They think they know how they're going to feel and you have no idea. So we were lucky enough to have some grief counseling come into our home. Uh, Bev, do you want to tell a little about that? Yeah. So the grief counselor that I met with, lovely woman, her name's Lisa, and she gave me an analogy to think about grieving because I think along with my brother and my parents, we sometimes had trouble finding the words to really describe what we were going through. And she told us that grieving is like puddle jumping. So when you're really sad and when you are really upset, you're kind of in a puddle. And she explained it that you're not in a puddle all the time. You're just going from puddle to puddle. And it's not that the puddles ever go away. It's that they get shallower and further apart. So we kind of took this analogy and were able to describe our grief in a way that all of us understood. So my mom and I were talking about this and thinking that grief is such a hard topic to talk about. As my mom said, you can prepare and prepare and you don't know what to say. So we thought making a children's book to really add vocabulary to the conversation would be really helpful. So incredible. And you both had different ways of coping with it. And I'm going to quote here, you write, so the two characters in the book, of course, are Ellen and Bevy. And Bevy, you expressed that when Jacob passed away, you felt, and I quote, when my brother died, I felt mad. I didn't want to feel mad. I just did. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah. I definitely struggled with seeing other people who were happy and kind of going on with their lives very quick after Jacob passed. Mm -hmm. And I almost got frustrated that someone can be having the best day of their lives when I'm having one of my worst. And it just not only frustrated me that I saw that, but it frustrated me that I felt like that. And I felt like a bad person because I wasn't being happy about someone's joy. I was feeling upset with them. So that was definitely a feeling that I didn't expect to have. There's actually an illustration in the book highlighting that. And it's just a busy, busy street. And there's it's so much commotion going on. And there's lots and lots of action and the puddle jumper is just immersed in that street because life goes on and you're not ready for it to go on. So it's right. a, I think that's a very common feeling for so many. So we wanted them to be able to relate to that through the beautiful illustrations from Laurie Stein. Yes, they are so beautiful. I'm going to talk about them in a minute because that's yeah. a whole other thing. It's like mm-hmm. a dichotomy between what you're feeling as you're reading, and then you're seeing these very colorful pictures. So there's mm-hmm. two things going on. Were you able to be helped, Bevy, with that feeling from one of the grief counselors, like from Lisa, that you met with? Like, did she help you put that into some kind of perspective to understand it's okay to feel that way, whatever yes. you're feeling? Yes. And I think I even would feel upset with myself when I was even happy at times as well. So mm-hmm. what this grief counselor taught me is that all emotions that you're going to feel, it's okay. There's no right or wrong way to feel when someone dies. And no matter what, it's just a part of the process and it's all personalized to you. And as you said, the way you grieve might be different from the other person. Right. I mean, in this language, sorry, Judy, this language, like Debbie was living in Halifax and she would call us and there was all she had to say was, I'm in a puddle. And we just knew... We knew exactly where she was, how she was feeling, or vice versa. We would call her or Ben would call us and we'd say, I'm in a puddle. And we just, all of us were just like, okay, we're here for you. And that, so that language was just so important for us as a family. Wow. That's incredible. I mean, that can also help so many people who don't have that word and it just fast tracks it. You don't have to say a whole thing. You just Mm -hmm. say that word and people know where you're at. In the book, Ellen, your character says, when my son died, I felt really sad, sadder than I've ever felt before. And I'm wondering if the fact that everyone has a different expression of grief and that you have to experience it in a wherever you go, there you are kind of way, if that was part of the impetus for writing this book to let people know that was part of the brainchild of this all. It was that all feelings are okay and to not be ashamed of how you're feeling. Grief is so complicated and we're all so different. And uh, I mean, even today it's, you know, four years later and we still hit our puddles at different times, very unexpected. Usually you can't bring them on, but the important (laughs) thing is 
to embrace them and to allow yourself to sink. Absolutely. In spite of the grief and sadness, and I, I touched on this, and the book made me cry a few times. And I told you this before I, before this show, we won't even say how that was possible. How did I see you before the show when we're online? Technology is amazing. But it did make me cry. And yet, I don't know if it's the gorgeous and colorful illustrations, but there is a feeling of positivity and optimism at the same time in The Puddle Jumper. Can you tell us about the super talented illustrator, Lori Stein, and tell us more about this optimism that somehow is there sort of alongside the grief? It's inherent in the book. So <laughs> when we met with Lori, the, we, illustrator. the illustrator, we kind of explained our vision in that it was a book about grief, but we wanted it to feel like a hug and it wanted to feel like it's oh. supporting you and yeah. showing that grief, as much as it is a sad thing, it's something that you are going to have to incorporate into the rest of your life. And it's something that's beautiful because it means you had that love to lose in the first place. And she yes. took that idea and ran with it and created these beautiful, beautiful illustrations that I think really show how grief is such a like beautiful process to go with. And it's sad, but it's beautiful. Grief is love. I always yeah. say grief, grief is love. Is love. The, the extent that you grieve is the extent that you loved. And we had somebody on the show talking about this, Bill Phillips, who specializes in this area as well. And that's what he said. And that's exactly what you guys are saying. When you first saw the illustrations, did you cry? Because they just blew me away. Well, you know, it, it was funny. We just met the illustrator for the first time today. We just received our books and we had lunch with her and we gave her the books and we felt like she was a dear friend because we've been back and forth and back and forth. So, you know, she would present something and we would say, well, maybe let's try this. And, or there were other times where she would sew with something and be like, we're bang on, like better than we could ever <laughs> wow. imagine. So it was a, it was a real process. But we're so thrilled with the way it looks and how it feels. When is the book coming out? Like, when is it? I know I have a hot off the press copy. When is it available to people? How do people get a copy? We're going to say this again at the end of the show, but I'm just wondering how, when is the official launch date? So the official launch date is October 15th, but it is available right now. Like if you go on to projectgiveback.com, our website, you can purchase a book. Anybody can purchase a book. But the real intention of The Puddle Jumper is a gift book. Like we will be personally giving copies to school libraries, to hospital resource centers, wow. to funeral homes, to grief counseling centers, wow. to hospices, you know, just freely giving them out. Thankfully, we're very lucky. Project Give Back, we have some unbelievable supporters. And this is a special project that was funded by the Kimmel family. So we're able to give so many copies away to really anybody who really needs it. So that's something very special that we can do. That's incredible. I know so many people who can benefit from this. So I honestly was thinking like as gifts that I could get five of them. And I think everyone like, don't just get one, get one for you and one for someone that you know is going to benefit. And, and I think about everyone who's listening today, everyone has someone that has gone through grief and is going through grief. And this is such an incredibly helpful thing. How does childhood grief differ from adults who are grieving? Is it different? It's a good hmm. question. I think I'm going to take your question. I'm going to spin it slightly, if that's okay. I think that when you're are you talking about like grieving a child or it's if you are a child versus an adult? I just think grief for a yeah. child, but of course, grieving mm -hmm. a child is the is the greatest grief there is. So there's, there's that, but there's also just grief. Yeah. As it were. So grief. Is it different for a child? Grief is very complicated. And as an adult, I think we have the maturity to, to understand it a little better. But as a child, like, where did that person go? What happened to them? There's no understanding. There's no pro thought processes. It's very, I think you're very lonely. You feel very lonely. And it's very scary if you don't understand it. So that was another reason why we wrote this book, just to help with the language. Yeah. And Vevi, what's your take on it all? Uh, just on the question and your own spin on it. Well, what I was thinking is, when Jake died, we knew he was going to pass. Like with Jacob, 
every single day was a gift. And compared to someone who kind of dies suddenly, I think that we thought we were prepared and we thought that, oh, we know he's going to pass. And it like every day, again, we were, it was just a miracle for us. So we thought when the day came, we would be prepared and we were not. And you can never prepare for the loss of someone. If you're 19 or if you're, I won't say my mom's age, if you're my mom's age. I'm 56. (laughs) You look like 36. So Um, it it does hit the same way in that they're there and then they're not. And it's just Mm -hmm. the way that you cope. It's so personalized and so different for Mm -hmm. everyone. I think it is the same in that it is so different. I, I remember you telling me that, Ellen, that you were so prepared and then you were not prepared at all when it happened. It was like the world sunk. And, it, and if it wasn't for this unbelievable community of family and friends and loved ones and Jakey's friends and everyone around you, yeah. like and sister-in-laws that moved in and all of the things that happened. And, and so I, I really, I really understand that. There are people who are grieving and I'm always looking for ways to help them cope with the loss of their love. And I'm wondering what kinds of therapy and treatment is there out there for people who are suffering and grieving the loss of love? And you've touched on some people that helped you, but just for our listeners, where do people go? So there are grief counseling centers. They can like Dr. J, especially for if it's children, their grief counselors, usually part of hospitals. I think funeral homes would be a great resource for grief and and counselors uh, for me i i read i read and read and read after jacob passed because yes. i yes i just wanted to find people who had been through something similar and there weren't many books for me that i could relate to to be perfectly mm-hmm. honest except for one there was one book and it really helped me and it's was called signs the secret of the universe because it was a very hopeful way to look at Jake's passing to know that he is somewhere with us and we have our signs like Bevy has a very different than the signs than I get but they're <laughs> you know it's him like you absolutely wow. know and so just knowing that the relationship isn't over it changed is tremendously helpful in mm-hmm. facing this grief and moving forward together with Jacob in a very different way. And you can lean into that, right? You can lean into that and know that those signs are going to come. And yes. and uh, and that that's really inherent in this book that you wrote, The Puddle Jumper. Like I felt that, that there's hope, there's something to hold on to, there's a way to get through this. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's remarkable. You know, Jacob in my opinion, was superhuman in terms of his ability to love and just to be happy and to make other people happy and to connect with music and friendship. And all of this was like the lessons that he taught in your book, Lessons from Jacob. And there are lessons that we all need to learn. What have you learned from children in the special needs community and how can this book help them and their families? Hmm. Well, really, this book is all about love, right? As was Jacob as with everything we do, the jams, Project Give Back, it's all about acceptance. It's all about love, empathy, compassion, and it's all authentic and real. And I think that children can really relate to that. Uh, You see in our jams, you see the families that come out, how beautiful it is. It's It's a sense of belonging, of community, of understanding. And I think that's very key in all of this. You're so right. It's it's the word love, though. You're so right. It's that's the major feeling that permeates everything is this love. Like you feel you could be stressed before a Jake's jam, and at the end of the hour, you just feel I don't know. It's a crazy thing. Like you kind of feel renewed and yeah. There's always something that makes you cry, and there's always something that makes you giggle, right? And, and, And you end up seeing friends, you know, that you haven't seen in a while, and you know they pop in, they pop out, they you know, they get busy in their lives and then they're back. And, or when your daughter pops in from New York and it's just, oh, there's Lily, she's back. Like, it's very exciting because nobody knows who's coming. It's very special. It's like Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, you know, you don't know who's going to come by. You're the new, you're the, the female version of, of that favorite beloved show. Yes, yes. How has writing this book that you did together helped you both 
And what are you hoping to see happen with this book? What is your vision for the best things that can happen with this book? I think this book has helped really get down what we've all been saying for the past four years since Jake passed and just putting it in a book. I know that whenever someone close to me has someone who passes, I used to have this note on my phone that basically took Mm -hmm. this book and just sent it to them. Um, So having this as an external something to give out and something that I think I would have really appreciated as even a 19-year-old having and learning is something that is so beautiful. And it's something that you can just give to someone who, you know, has had someone pass recently when you don't know what to say, when you don't know what to do, because it's such a sensitive topic and you could just go here. That's so brilliant, Bevy. I'm so glad you said that because that is one of the things for everyone. You don't know what to say. Yeah. Right you're told don't say anything, hug, Mm -hmm. but you want to say something that's going to help people. You're compelled Mm -hmm. and you're right. You can just say here, here, give them a hug and then give them the book. Cause you don't, they don't have to say strong. You don't have to say, yeah, just anything. It's just one word. It's love. It's being optimistic while still being empathetic of their grief. Yeah. You must be proud of this one. <laughs> I am so proud of this one. Such, you know, that's what I was thinking. Is to be able to work on such a special, heartwarming project with like your favorite human being. Yes, like, what's, yeah. what's better than yeah, it was, very special it was, process. Yeah, yeah. We loved it. To work together. It's been yeah. Really it's Awesome. Like I just have the shivers. It's absolutely <laughs> awesome. There is a question that we ask everyone at the end of the show. Your mom knows what it is. And that question, I'm going to ask it first to Ellen, is what is bliss these days for Ellen Schwartz? You're looking at her. <laughs> I'm looking at her. I, I sort of know you were going to say that. Looking at her. Uh, and, and, that. and Jeff and, and family, to me, that's bliss. Just being with people you love and being able to be so yourself. True and just love people immensely. (laughs) Yeah, you're unbelievable, Ellen. And what is bliss for another unbelievable shorts edition here, Uh, Bevy Shorts? You kind of took mine, but uh, I just (laughs) moved home from Halifax for six years. So being able to like spend the time being with my parents and all of my family from home and just living in the moment and being able to get used to it rather than being quick visits has been so, so special. Oh, that's so awesome. I so get that. And I'm so happy for you guys <laughs> that you have that. What is the best way for people to get a copy of the Puddle Jumper? I know you touched on it, but for those who are tuning in now. So the best way is if you go to projectgiveback.com, there's a kindness store there. So you click on kindness store and just scroll down to the Puddle Jumper. And, and that it's that simple. Or you can email me, ellen at projectgiveback.com. We're on the Instagram. We're on the Facebook. (laughs) Anyway, anyway. Everywhere. Everywhere. That is so amazing. Well, we're going to go on a short commercial break. When we come back, Dr. Jay Batcher will be here to talk about coping with grief. And stay tuned, everyone, for the singing from Jakey's Friends. And definitely stay tuned for the end of the show to hear Ellen and Bevy Schwartz singing the song, Your Voice, that they wrote for Jakey. I want to thank you both so much for being here. It's just really been an honor and so wonderful to have you here. And thank you. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you, Judy. So great. Finding Your Bliss is brought to you by CREATE, Canada's leading fertility centre for over 25 years. CREATE is here for anyone struggling with infertility or in need of assisted reproductive technology to have children. CREATE is about cutting-edge science from highly skilled doctors. In unprecedented times like these, CREATE is about ensuring the safety of all patients and staff. CREATE has made important changes to protect you by ensuring social distancing, wearing masks, as well as screening before entering. So what about the bundle of joy that you've been hoping would come into your family? CREATE Fertility Center is here for you. Visit createivf.com to keep up with the latest changes and learn about CREATE Fertility Center's comprehensive care for every fertility journey. Keep safe and healthy during these challenging days, remembering that life is about moments that we create together.
We are back and this is Finding Your Bliss on Zoomer Radio AM 740 FM 96.7. And we're talking today about grief and coping with grief. And of course, we're also talking about Ellen and Bevy Schwartz and their new book written for children called The Puddle Jumper. And we also have some wonderful music coming up later in the hour featuring some of Jakey's friends and a song from Ellen and Bevy, written for Jacob. We're now joined by another friend of the Schwartz family, and that is Dr. Jay Batcher. But before we meet him, let me tell you a little bit more about him. Dr. Jay Batcher is a retired dentist who practiced dentistry for over 33 years, both in private practice, also teaching dentistry at the University of Toronto. He taught operative dentistry and oral diagnosis at U of T Dental School for 25 years. And then in 1970, he became a founding member of Temple Harzion and was its first lay cantor. I definitely want to ask him more about that. Lots to say about that. In 2006, Dr. Jay Batcher received the University of Toronto Faculty of Dentistry Alum of the Year Award. And he's presently a member of the Ontario Dental Association and West Toronto Dental Society. When he retired from dentistry 25 years ago, he established the Dr. J's Charitable Foundation and then later became an energetic supporter and inaugural board member of the Dr. J's Children's Grief Center. Jay also began the annual Dr. J Golf Classic, which has raised several millions of dollars for these charities. In June of 2021, Jay joined an exploratory committee which sought to look at what could be done to address the critical need for grief counseling and services for children, youth, and their families following the board's decision to permanently close the doors of Dr. Jay's Children's Grief Centre, which happened back in May 2021. What emerged was that Dr. Jay Batcher helped to create a brand new charity called the Grief Centre, and he became a founding board member of this very meaningful new charity in December 2021. Dr. Jay Batcher, welcome to Finding Your Bliss, and thanks for being here. Oh, well, thank you very much, Jerry. It's a pleasure being here. It's so wonderful. Your bio is pretty fast. There's some fascinating stuff in it. And I guess I was wondering, after years of being a prominent dentist, I'm wondering what inspired you initially to found the Dr. J Children's Grief Center. Can you tell us about that evolution in your life and career? Well, Unfortunately, in 1991-92, I lost five people that were very close to me. And it's changed my life, and along with my wife. And um, Mm -hmm. we decided that what we wanted to do was give back to people, help people that are going through horrible things. Mm -hmm. And we started off, actually, we went to the Princess Margaret Hospital and asked them what they needed that they didn't have. Mm-hmm. And we put in a play center, which was a a center that it was a plant called the Planet Playroom. Mm-hmm. It was a place where patients could drop off their children. We interviewed a one of the patients who was taking both radiation and chemotherapy and she had no place to put her child and she was missing appointments. So we started there and we had various planet playrooms in various hospitals. Then we got involved with that Mount Sinai hospital and we were told that there is something when we were within the palliative care area at Mount Sinai and we were told that there is something that nobody is doing, and that is providing grief counseling to dying children and to children whose parents or siblings are dying. Mm. And I said, that's what we want to do. That's the area that we want to help people. Wow. And that's how it started. What incredible work. And then in 2021, the Dr. J Children's Grief Program closed. And I'm wondering if that had to do with COVID possibly, because that was right at the height of that. And can you tell us how you then pivoted and created your latest brainchild, the Grief Center, which has now been around for almost two years? What prompted you to start the Grief Center? Well, the main thing that prompted us was the state of mental health and the children today. It's been nothing short of alarming, and it's been devastating, really. Never before has a generation of children gone through such desperate circumstances as the ones being faced by our children in our society today. Children are going through 
their own depression, anxiety, suicidal tendencies, bullying issues, the list goes on. And then COVID hit and that further exasperated the situation. Now, adding to all of this, just imagine a child having to deal with the death of a mother, a father, a brother, a sister, while trying to deal with their own mental health issues. It's devastating. There aren't many places where these children can turn for help. And with the closing of the Dr. J Children's Grief Center, the void was even greater than it was before. And we just had to do something to help try and help these children where services, there's just few services for these people in need. Dr. J, can you tell us why the Grief Center is so important? And can you tell us more, just in 25 words or less, about your mission and vision for the center? Our mission is to provide free grief support to children in a safe place with programs and resources that the children will need and to give leadership and integrate research and care all together in a package and to help our community. Our vision is that all grieving children and their families have access to grief counseling, grief programming, and all available resources, regardless of their economic status. That's incredible. What incredible stuff. And I want to talk about Israel, but we're really here today to talk about Ellen and Bebby's book. So we are going to talk about Ellen and Bebby's book because that's why we invited you. But I think I would be remiss if I didn't say, look, we are all suffering right now. We are all struggling with this incredibly horrific terrorist activity that has killed a thousand Israelis, innocent civilians injured close to 3,000. There's upwards of 200 people that have been kidnapped. It's awful stuff. And there's a lot of kids involved. And one of the things that I'm hearing over and over again from people is they can't cope. It's almost insurmountable because it's their own grief. It's they're feeling grief about their friends and family members, soldiers who have lost a partner in the army. We're just hearing story after story. And so I'm wondering for kids as well, in Israel, this must be devastating. And for kids everywhere, even who are hearing about this, any thoughts about just this is work that you've done for all these years. And I know you're not a grief counselor, but I think you really get it. And you've really spearheaded this campaign. What can you say to help people or where do people go right now for help with all of this struggle and this suffering of what's actually happening right now in real time? Well, it's pretty tough because A big difference between adults and children is adults have the skill set and resources to search out support for themselves. This isn't true with children. Children need help for professionals, and they need it in this unique specialty. Grief is a terrible thing, and children need the tools to be able to help them deal with. It's hard for adults, but children, we really don't even know how they're affected because in many times they just can't relate in words how they're feeling Mm -hmm. or how to help them. Mm -hmm. I guess this is the perfect segue to bring up Ellen Schwartz. And of course, you met Ellen and the Schwartz family at a very tragic time in her life when, of course, she lost her beloved son, Jacob Schwartz, who was beloved to the whole community, in addition to their family, of course, as so many people loved him and still do. And you met with her at that time and helped her. And she talked to me about how kind and compassionate and empathetic and helpful you were to her. What were some of the things that you said at the time to the Schwartz family to help them? You know, when you when you lose someone, when you lose a child, when you lose a brother, a sister, a parent, we've got to ask ourselves why. And really, there aren't good answers for this. People need help to be able to understand. Everybody handles grief differently. They need coping tools. And I've got to tell you that both Ellen and Beverly, they've written an absolutely wonderful book. They've turned their own personal tragedy of losing a son and a brother into wonderful, a wonderful way to help those that really can't help themselves. 
the, the puddle jumper, it, it allows children to understand and they can relate to this book. The book is really a tool to help the children and the families cope with it and for them to try and understand life without the person or people that they've lost. Thank you for this. I, I, I so agree with what you're saying. And I think that they're also giving children the language, the tools to use, what language to use. You know, as you say, the tools to be able to express and deal with their grief. And I think this can help a lot of people. And I want to say here that we are giving away some books and we'll tell you about how you can access those books at the end of the show. If you know anyone who's suffering anywhere, we are going to be giving some beautiful books away of the puddle jumper, Ellen and Bevy Schwartz's book. And I agree with you. It's incredible. And I also want to just mention that as you know, Dr. J, that there were many, many friends of Jacob Schwartz, Jakey's friends, and they all sang and shared music together. And later on in the show, we're going to be having some of those friends singing their own version of I Rise Above, the beautiful song that was written for Jacob. And also, I want to tell you all to stay tuned to the end of the show when Ellen and Bevy are going to be singing the song Your Voice that they wrote for Jakey. And it's it's quite beautiful. So I say all of this, I'm talking about music now because I found it so interesting in your bio to read that you were a cantor. So I just wanted to ask you about your cantorial work and and just tell us what you love about doing it and how important music is to you. And I think especially now when we're going through this kind of suffering, there's something about music that I think really heals and helps us. Yes, I... uh... I became a lay cantor. I was actually put in a position where I was the only one who could do it at that time. And, and again, <laughs> you're, you're right. I love music and music is very helpful. And, uh, and in our religion, music is such an, uh, a huge part. And yes. I just found it, it very, very good. And I wasn't able to, didn't do it as a profession. I just did it a little bit, filling in and actually starting a synagogue. It's a Temple Harzion that we started. Wow. And I was there, uh, their late cantor, and I ran uh, like daily services with being the cantor. That's incredible. So you know what you've got to do, Dr. J? So I have a daughter in New York who's a singer and a, and a musical theater performer, and she's been going on Jake's Jam since she was a little kid. But of course, during COVID, we've had this wonderful online Jake's Jam. Maybe you'll come on Ellen Schwartz's Jake's Jam and you'll sing. Are you still singing? <laughs> well, not all that much, but I, I do love music. That's, that's really incredible. So how can people help support the Grief Center? What can people that are listening, there's lots of people that are listening to this show today that want to help. What can they do to help this wonderful Grief Center that you've started? Well, we need a lot of help. We need people with interest in the Grief Center who can directly with their connections and potential donors and sponsorship and help us with getting government grants and help build a strong foundation. Right now, we are trying to become sustainable and we need help to fulfill a bigger, longer-term business plan. We don't want to have to shut down because of a blips and various things happening. We want to, the need is there and we've, we just need help not only financially, and certainly we need financial help, but we need people in position where they can help us. We don't have any government support at this time. And I guess because of COVID and mental health issues, the need has never been greater. In short, we need champions to to clear this last hurdle and milestone, champions who can step up with significant financial support and work to help us and uh, connect us to others. Uh, we're looking so, for... So someone is listening? Yeah. Sorry, sorry to interrupt you. If someone is listening, what can they do? Where do they reach out? Do you have a website or an email? What's the best way for people to reach out to the you? The best way is to go on. Our website is thegriefcenter.ca. That simple website, thegriefcenter.ca. If you'd like to donate, if you'd like to contact us, if you'd like to find out more information about us, please go to that website. We also, we're, we're looking for additional board members, for more people for our advisory committee, helpers with social media, those with political connections. Duh. 
They help us raise funds, etc. Well, I think it's incredible. Ellen was right. You're an incredible person. And I know you're so passionate about this. And I hope that this program will bring you closer to your goal of all you're trying to do is help kids and help people deal with grief. And and there is grief right now. There's a lot of grief right now that it's just it's it's almost it's almost unthinkable what people are having to cope with. So you're doing wonderful work and, and we wish you continued success with it. Dr. Batcher, I was unfortunately not able to attend the book launch on Sunday, but I understand that you were there and something very special happened. Can you tell us what it was? I was there and it was a very, very moving time where Ellen and Bevy read from the book and it, it, it was just a, a very moving situation. They were there with their family and friends. And then she called me up. And she said, I've got a gift for you. And it comes from Jake, my late son. And gave me a check of a donation to the grief center. I was blown away. I did not have words. It brought tears to my eyes. And it was just uh, something that I, I just couldn't believe. It was just uh, just wonderful. And to receive a donation like that, it was so meaningful. That is so wonderful. And you know what? Not at all surprising with the angelic angel on this planet, Ellen Schwartz, who I think we all love. But that's a beautiful story. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you. Wow. There's a question that we ask everyone at the end of the show. And it's a funny time to ask this question because this has not been... The past two weeks have not been one one that I would use the word bliss to describe. It would be, in fact, anti-bliss. But if I had to ask you, in the best of times and in, in the perfect world, what is bliss for Dr. Jay Batcher, what would you say? Wow. That's, what is bliss? You're right that right now it's, it's a real tough time to, uh, to be thinking about that. But Bliss, I guess, is is perfect happiness with myself, my family, and uh, my friends, and and reaching out and being able to help others. And th- that's bliss for me. Thank you. That's beautiful. That's so beautiful. And I would add, and I've never said this in my answer, peace. Right now, to me, bliss would be peace. That simple five-letter word, peace, putting love in our hearts. I want to thank you so much, Dr. Jay Batcher, for being here today and for all the wonderful work that you do in the world, making it a better place. Judy, thank you so much. And I appreciate the opportunity to be with you today. Thank you. Thank you. We're going to go on a short commercial break. When we come back, we're going to hear Hallie Brunette and Lily Liebrach's cover of I Rise Above. Be right back, back in a moment. Finding Your Bliss is brought to you by CREATE, Canada's leading fertility centre for over 25 years. CREATE is here for anyone struggling with infertility or in need of assisted reproductive technology to have children. CREATE is about cutting-edge science from highly skilled doctors. In unprecedented times like these, CREATE is about ensuring the safety of all patients and staff. CREATE has made important changes to protect you by ensuring social distancing, wearing masks, as well as screening before entering. So what about the bundle of joy that you've been hoping would come into your family? CREATE Fertility Center is here for you. Visit createivf.com to keep up with the latest changes and learn about CREATE Fertility Center's comprehensive care for every fertility journey. Keep safe and healthy during these challenging days, remembering that life is about moments that we create together. We are back and this is Finding Your Bliss on Zoomer Radio, AM 740, FM 96.7. And we're about to hear a beautiful song called I Rise Above, which was written for Ellen's late son, Jakey, by his friends and family. Covering the song today are some of Jakey's friends, Lily Liebrach and Hallie Burnett. Before we hear the song, let me tell you a little bit more about the singers. As Hallie Burnett describes it, music has always suffused her life. And I quote, I feel like I've always been singing and I've always had music in my house. She loved it. She worked hard at it and she was good at it. Good enough that she fell in love completely with singing and performing. At 11, Hallie entered a singing competition, budging her way in by claiming she wrote original songs. 
pen to paper to transform her white lie into a truth, Hallie wrote her first song and subsequently won her first competition. Hallie has so much gratitude for those early opportunities and her family that has loved and supported her every step of the way. Her hard work and relentless dedication are paying off, giving Hallie the confidence to celebrate on music and expand her influence. Some of Hallie's new music includes her new single, Flatline, her awesome songs, Expiration Date, and Through. She's also the lead singer of a band in New York City called Who Shot Lulu. Lily Liebrach is a singer, actor, dancer, creator, and adjunct professor of voice at NYU. She's in her final year of her Master's of Music and Vocal Performance, Musical Theatre, and Advanced Certificate in Vocal Pedagogy. She's also a proud graduate of Sheridan College's Musical Theatre Program. There, she starred as Lillian Holiday in Veal and Breck's Happy End. Lily was also named a top 10 finalist of Mervish's worldwide show tune idol competition, and she's since been featured in City Life magazine. She was invited to perform in the Luningiana International Music Festival in Tuscany, Italy this past summer, singing opera and musical theater. And recently she performed until then with the Eclipse Theatre Company, a new musical written by Andrew Siak, along with many Canadian composers and lyricists, including Shalina Kennedy and Britta Johnson. She just did a 29-hour reading of Jane the Queen with the Musical Theatre Collective in New York City, directed by Haley Goldenberg. She also participated in a reading of a new play by Emile Scher and a showcase with the Harold Green Jewish Theatre Company. This past summer, Lily made her producing, directing, and performing debut at 54 Below in New York City, and she's just done some incredible performances at The Cutting Room and The Green Room 42, also in New York City. Lily also just performed in another show in New York called Songs for Solidarity, featuring many Broadway stars. So without further ado, here is Hallie Burnett and Lily Liebrach singing their cover of I Rise Above. Coming from the coals on a Sunday I've been waiting for you Pick up your guitar and play me a song Let the music lift our souls Thank you. 
so beautiful. Thank you so much for being on the show today. It was so great to have you here. Before we end today's show with a beautiful song from Ellen and Bevy, I wanted to share some exciting bliss news. We're so excited to announce a phenomenal giveaway courtesy of Ellen and Bevy Schwartz. We're giving away two copies of their book, The Puddle Jumper. To enter, all you have to do is go to my Instagram page at The Bliss Minute for all the contest details. You can find it all on our giveaway post at The Bliss Minute on Instagram, and the contest will be closing on Wednesday, November 8th at 6 p.m. So get in on this incredible giveaway to win a copy of Ellen and Bevy Schwartz's beautiful and very helpful new children's book, The Puddle Jumper. There will be two winners for this one. Thank you so much for being here and for sharing your beautiful new book, The Puddle Jumper. Everybody get this book. It's really incredible. And I just know it's going to help a lot of people. So thank you guys. Thank Thank you, you. Each week, we spotlight fabulous people like Ellen and Bevy Schwartz on the show who are living their bliss. So if you're an author, artist, yoga, meditation, or mindfulness expert, or really anyone who is found and is following their bliss, we would love to hear from you. We also love to feature singer-songwriters or musicians on the show. If you're a singer, please reach out to us. Also, what did you love about today's program? Are there any guests or topics you'd like us to feature on Finding Your Bliss? Write to us at fyb at findingyourbliss.com. I'm also a life coach. If I can help you in any way, let me know. Would love to do that. And of course, you can contact me at findingyourbliss.com slash coaching. I'm also on Insight Timer, the number one free meditation app. And of course, you can always follow us at The Bliss Minute on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. I would love to thank our wonderful guests, Ellen and Bevy Schwartz, Dr. Jay Batcher, Hallie Burnett, and Lily Liebrach for being on the show today. Also, thank you to Mag Ruffman, Siobhan Kylie, producer Olivia Weatherall, audio engineer Juliana Yanitsiello, senior editor Lauren Kaminsky, video editor Sierra Brown-Rodriguez, audio producer Faz Kazi, and everyone here at Zoomer. And of course, a big thank you to our sponsor, the Create Fertility Center. For everyone here, I'm Judy Liebrach reminding you all to take one step closer to finding your bliss. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.